Hi, I'm Gabby. Hola, I'm Melissa. And this is Con Mi Mamá. Conversations between me and my Latina mom about anything and everything. Or at least what I want us to talk about. So pull up a chair and have a cafecito with us. Yay, coffee. Decaf for you. Mom. Hola, welcome back. It's been a little while since we did a podcast. Um, if you're new, welcome to Con Mi Mamá. Hola, hola, hola. Um, make sure to follow us and leave a comment. It helps a lot of other people find our podcast. And if you are on the Insta, we are on Instagram at Con Mi Mama Podcast. All right. Without further ado, I'm really excited for this episode. As some of you, most of you might know, it is Hispanic Heritage Month! Yes, September 15th through October 15th is the official month as it is commemorated because most Latin American countries actually celebrate their Independence Days throughout this month. And so, hello, this is a bilingual podcast, so we're going to celebrate as well. I am really excited, so let's just dive right into it, shall we? Let's do it. So, Mom... What are some of your favorite Boricua traditions? If you are new to the podcast, we are proud Puerto Ricans, me and mom. So what are some of your favorite things? Uh... Well, I mean, there it's kind of hard to <laughs> to kind of narrow this down because there is so much. But yeah, let's back it up a little bit. So I was born in some right outside San Juan, Puerto Rico, in Carolina. Um, born there, my parents were raised there. Uh, they're from there as well. Um, and we moved to the states when I was a baby. But my mom and dad did a really good job at um, still raising us with many traditions, as though we were still on the island. We still visited back and forth very much. Um, throughout my childhood. And um, I actually went to a bilingual or to a Hispanic church for most of my childhood. And so there are those traditions that you're talking about. I guess that some of the biggest ones are between music and food. Exactly. That's what I wanted to talk about, music and food. I love Puerto Rican food. I, I don't think I could name another food I love more. Maybe pizza, but like the exception of that, I love just Caribbean food in general. I mean, if you're Dominican or Cuban, chances are your food is very similar to Puerto Rican food. Yeah, so for for our listeners who don't know, maybe their only context of Latin food is Mexican food. The uh, the corn-based tortillas and and uh, beans. Can why don't you tell us um, what are some of the like highlights of Caribbean Latin cuisine? Plantains are very popular. Uh, You can have them in many different forms. Some of my favorites happen to be tostones, which is basically you kind of mash them up into like this chip sort of thing. But like it's you fry them and then you put salt and seasoning and stuff on them. There's also mofongo, which is when they're mashed up and like fried, fried, right? Yeah, so Puerto Rican mofongo is where you do fry the plantain. You cut it up and you um, you fry it, and then you take it out and you basically mash it into a pestle and mortar, or what we call um, a pilon, mm-hmm. uh, in order to get that dome shape. And it's usually filled with whatever savory dish of your yes. choice. It could be seafood, it could be pork, it could be beef, chicken, uh, whatever floats your boat. I would also say 
Uh, if you've been to like Mexican restaurants, usually they have black beans or pinto beans. In the Caribbean, um, habichuelas rojo or kidney beans mm -hmm. are very that's usually the bean that would go with your rice or whatever you know you're having it with which happens to be my favorite type of bean i love some <laughs> arroz con habichuelas <laughs> i'm thinking tell me you're hispanic without telling me you're hispanic you have a favorite bean <laughs> yeah. uh, so those are like the two things that are very popular there's also but there's a bunch of other different dishes you know that you know are Caribbean. I don't know what I'm supposed to say, how I was going to finish that sentence, but yes. And I love cooking with my mom and my abuela whenever we like make food and stuff. I know that like my, my mom has two brothers and uh, they all married non-Hispanic people. I'll just say that. But every time they like came come to our house, everyone just loves abuelas cooking. Oh yeah, I will say that for all the in-laws in our family, in particular, because I, my husband was born in Cincinnati, yeah. and then you have two tias, you know, yes. <laughs> one's from New Jersey and the other one's a Georgia girl as well. And I think they would all agree that that was a huge, like, yes. wooing factor for them was, yes. was your abuela's cooking for sure. So some of the things my abuela makes a lot are pernil. Which is? Which, oh, it's pork, <laughs> pretty much. It's like shredded pork. There's a lot of, there's other different forms of pork. There's chicharron, which is like, uh, it's fried. It's, it's like, it's like double fried. So you're getting like the crispy fatty. Yeah. It's like the fat, the fat part of the pork that gets crisped up. Yeah. You know, um, in chicharral, you know, you're, yeah. you're hardening up the fat she, so that it's kind of crispy like bacon. She makes obviously rice and beans mm -hmm. and pasteles, which don't get mad at me. I'm not a huge fan of pasteles. <laughs> Unless pasteles, pasteles uh, de yuca. De yuca. So pastel, if you're, uh, again, um, in comparison to Mexican cuisine, which for a lot of non-Hispanic people, that's that's what they are most familiar with in terms of Latin cuisine. Chipotle. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I would, uh, let's call that Tex-Mex, you yeah. know, because even the most authentic Mexican food is amazing. And there are some differences, I think, our Mexican friends who are listening would agree with. But so... Uh, compare pasteles to your Mexican tamal. Tamales are corn-based um, with this uh, masa or dough, and it's stuffed with meat and goodies inside, wrapped in a corn husk and steamed. Um, pasteles, instead of it being corn masa, it's made out of plantain, um, and it's usually wrapped in banana leaf and steamed or, or boiled, actually, um, with goodies inside. The thing with, with pasteles, they're a little mushier, so your corn masa is a little more firm, um, and I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm Boricua, but I, if I had to pick between the two, I picked the Mexican tamal because I do like the firmness. Some pasteles are just a little too mushy. It depends yeah. who makes them. But that's why I like the yuca ones because yeah. the the thing is they're not as gummy as mm -hmm. you, you said because I remember one time we went to Abuela and Abuelo's house for Christmas and the first night we were there she cooked regular pasteles and I was like eh no I'm, I'm good no gracias and then the second night she I think she bought like yuca ones and mm -hmm. I and I had those and I was like these are really good yeah then the next day for lunch I thought they were the yuca ones and they were just the regular pasteles and I was like <laughs> oh now I know the difference so 
That's some of the things my abuela makes or is famous for making. She's also, I mentioned she makes rice and beans, but we like to claim that my abuela has the best rice. It's like cilantro lime rice, <laughs> but she has the best rice. And I know all, all you out there are going to say, no, my abuela has the best <laughs> rice, but trust me, if you had it, you would say she was the best. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, abuela. <laughs> Can I just tell you growing up that it, it almost felt like you knew you could cook if you could get your rice just right. And the problem is, I, 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 I won't call it a problem because we obviously love my mom's rice, yeah. <laughs> abuela's rice. But there was a lot of pressure, you know, to, to make, get the rice just right. And growing up, you know, for Puerto Ricans, they get, you know, they like their rice um, bien granoso, you know, not too sticky. And in some cultures, like Asian culture, you do want the sticky rice, like for sushi and things like that. But uh, granoso, where the where the grain is is very loose. And um, it would be all this, ah, no estamos goyao, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's all sticky and all this kind of stuff. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, like when my rice didn't come out super uh, grainy like that, it, it was like a sign of shame, you know? And it wasn't until, and you know, my grandmother, I mean, well, yes, my grandmother taught my mom how to cook a lot of it just standing at the stove, a little bit of this, a little bit of that type of cooking. No measurements. But, and, and usually I love cooking like that. Almost all my savory dishes are like, that mm-hmm. a little bit of this and a little bit of that when it comes to rice if you're doing it old school with a caldero or um uh what, what would you call it like a dutch um a dutch oven type style pot mm-hmm. um and you don't have just a rice cooker you know where you push a button or whatever yeah or an instapot um it's a lot of pressure you know to make sure that the rice comes out just right and it wasn't until i was married that i shh I followed the instructions on the back of the package. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where it finally came out the way I wanted it to because it was just like, oh my gosh, how did mom do it? Da, 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 da. And so, hey, you kind of find your way. You yeah. kind of find your way. And as long as it's cooked with a lot of love and people like it, that's what matters most. Also, even if you're not Hispanic, this is just one of my favorite things. Spam. If you're <laughs> from an island... If you're from anywhere that is surrounded fully by water, you that's tropical, you probably eat Spam or have had it, it before. Is it because you're thinking of Hawaiians as well? Hawaiians eat Spam. Yeah. My abuelo loves Spam. He always puts <laughs> Spam in his eggs and stuff. And personally, I love the salty, you know, artificial taste of it. <laughs> but that's not like authentic Puerto Rican food. No, no, no. But it is part of our culture yeah. in, in terms of just kind of like a... You're just your simple meals, right? Yeah. You know, spam is included as well. Yeah, so uh, food is definitely something that just always feels uh, like home. Yeah. You know, when you have those traditional dishes. Um, I, I, kid, I joke with Abuelo and Abuela that, you know, they've lived in their house ever since um, my freshman year of college, uh, excuse me, freshman year of high school. Which was a long time ago. So I, you know, we'll still make jokes about no matter how many, you know, layers of paint are on the walls, there's still a little bit of that fried pork embedded in the walls. But you know what? That's okay. That's part, again, of of our schema, of our our heritage growing up. Now, you can can tell that my mom doesn't cook like that every day now. Yeah. My abuelo's like, whenever it's a holiday or she or we, they have guests over or something, 
he gets so excited for my abuela to cook my abuela excuse me <laughs> to cook authentic puerto rican food oh yeah 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 i think actually food is a big part of a lot of people's culture not just you know latinx but like you know everyone take i think they can take pride in where they come from especially with the food i mean i take so much pride whenever we go to a caribbean restaurant you know ordering the names of my food and stuff i just feel like you know that's a big part of my culture that I really love not just because I love food in general but <laughs> yeah. I know it's just a, such an identifying factor and it's also it's the thing that brings the people together you know that whole um, sense of community and family which is which is a huge part of Latin heritage and Latin culture is honoring family and and what that looks like and it's it you know it's not just the mom dad and the kids you know it's it's Everyone. honoring the extended family as well and and so, yeah, when I grow, when I think about growing up, that you know, what when I think of Latin culture, food, and then music is the second component. Musica, musica. I do listen to Latin music. I just don't really know what they're saying. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish fluently, but I do know a little bit of conversational Spanish. And, you know, I'm, I'm slowly picking it up. I want to learn Spanish. Um, but so mom is a little more educated in this genre. But I will say I do really love anything Lin-Manuel has done, which is Spanglish, a lot of his songs are, but, and Selena is one of my favorites that's Tejano but it's you know it I still like the sound of that now mom's a little she listens to more you know of the bachata and merengue and merengue but so just go ahead and talk about that <laughs> yeah well so Puerto Rican music um encompasses so much as it, Latin culture at large is this beautiful melting pot of African culture, Spanish culture from Spain, or let's call it European culture, and indigenous culture. Spain, you know, came to conquer a lot of these lands, and the history is just as messy as our United States history, too, as they brought African slaves, as they invaded indigenous territories, and somehow all those cultures came together. Um, and so th that makes up a lot of Latin American heritage or things we hear in the musical influences as well as in the food, in the cuisine. But so you've got for. Puerto Rico in, in particular is salsa is probably the most popular form of music. Micaela. Um, yes. <laughs> um, salsa, there is merengue, although merengue is more Dominican in its origin. It's definitely, you can hear it anywhere um, in the Caribbean. Uh, and then, you know, there's the folk music of each location as well, uh, which is, um, I describe it as your Puerto Rican country music, you know, the, the music from the middle part of the island. It's this, it's the sound that you hear for a lot of the, the Christmas songs, you know, yeah. um, in Puerto Rican culture uh, with uh, the cuatro, which is a guitar, yeah. um, a, a style of guitar. And of course, all the percussion instruments as well. And so it's really neat that there are all these little branches really that spawn from all these different sounds coming together. And there's even, a part of the island in Puerto Rico and Loisa that um, celebrates more of its, you know, African roots. And so you have styles like bomba and plena, which are very drum heavy, very improvisatory. 
The dancing is phenomenal. I love bomba dancing. Oh my gosh, the costuming too. And so the one word that comes to mind when you hear this music is celebratory. Yeah. Celebratory, celebratory. And so growing up, you know, uh, we also grew up in a very strict um, faith-based household as well. So there was this tension between the celebration of our culture versus maybe what some of the faith systems in place thought as excessive or as even sexual, you know, because even the dancing is very, you know, you move your hips and everything. And it's not always meant to be that, right? Yeah. It's not always meant to be um, sexual or the woman calling the man for attention. Sometimes it is just pure celebration, yeah. you know, as is. And I think anyone from Latin America would agree in their, you know, there's, there's music set aside for different occasions but at the end of the day I think it is joy yeah when, when you see when a lot of non-Hispanic um, people think of Hispanic culture if you were to ask them they think colors they think fast music they think um, f- food with lots of flavor I'm not yeah. talking just spice I'm talking about just you know yeah. flavors and um, I think it's because we have so much to pull from and it's it kind of this is more of like a, a thought provoking question too. If we if if Hispanic uh, if Hispanic Americans if if Latinx community can celebrate that there is so much variety in their own culture, mm-hmm. I I hope that we can also trailblaze that and get just Americans in general to realize yeah. <laughs> just how um, how how diverse their culture is too even if it doesn't necessarily look like ours Mm -hmm. but that they too have chances are european uh, native american and african influences as well in their own family structure whether you take an ancestry dna test or not you are you are influenced by all of those things you know here on the western hemisphere so there, it's just so rich and so vast and you know a 20 or 30 minute podcast can't you know necessarily capture it but it you could I hope that you hear the joy in our voices when we talk about yeah. it you know that that's what we're celebrating that there are so many layers and we're not just linear people yeah I really agreed with everything you were saying mom that kind of brings us to our next subject that we're kind of moving into um which what does it mean to be Hispanic That's a question that I think a lot of people can relate to because there are so many different backgrounds um, that aren't just stereotypical or anything like that, you know? And, you know, being a Caucasian Latina, I've gotten, like, the response when I've told people, oh, I'm Puerto Rican, I've gotten the, oh, oh, you're you're Hispanic? kind of response, which makes sense. I don't possess a lot of the more common features of Latinx people, uh, like brown eyes, you know, brown skin, dark, black hair. Uh, You know, I have brown hair and blue eyes and my skin is a little bit lighter. So I can understand why like people would think that, but and I don't speak Spanish either, which is another. Stop saying that. You totally do. You I just don't speak, don't speak a lot of it. Spanish. Correction. <laughs> you speak Spanish. You're just still learning a lot of it. So yeah, yeah can we I'm just like 
I'm Fix still that. I'm still <laughs> learning some Spanish, and so all of those are very defining factors of you know being a Latina. But that doesn't make I have to, I've been trying to remind myself lately that that doesn't make me any less you know Puerto Rican than I am. You know, exactly. like I still. I still know the culture. I've been to the island, you know. I love the food and the music like like we were just talking about. So that's kind of, you know, one of those things. And I've learned so much about my culture just in the past like two years, really. And I think now people's perceptions are changing a little bit. Um, that there can be Anyone, anywhere on a Caribbean island, you can find people from the lightest to the darkest. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, that's what's so beautiful about this culture is that there's so many people and there's so many different shapes and sizes and skin tones. And I think people's mindsets are changing. You know, there was a girl in my class um, who is Hispanic. And I told her, yeah, I'm Hispanic too. And she totally, you know, agreed with me. And we were talking about it. And, like, that's really cool, you know. And I've tried to find, like, like notice the little details in my life that, you know, I would think, oh, yeah, this is me celebrating my culture. Like, the other day, I was bringing the dog inside, and I said, venga chiquito, <laughs> and he came inside, and I was like, wow, look at me, or like, you know, my name, Gabriela, is a Hispanic name, so like, I just kind of take pride in that as well, so that's definitely a big thing and I think a lot of people can relate to that you don't necessarily have to look Hispanic or fit the code for not just Hispanics everyone you don't have to fit the code for what you should look like if you come from that place if you have lineage from that place celebrate it you know celebrate the aspects of your culture that's really important I love that. And I love hearing that from you. And and I love hearing the optimism in your voice too, you know, that you had an experience where someone didn't just shut you down just because you didn't fit whatever stereotype they might've had in their head, but embraced you and believed you for, and took you at your word. Um, it, it's, it hasn't been like that for me and my upbringing, you know, because, um, we look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yes, our skin is white. If you have to put a label on it, which I personally have stopped you know, yeah. filling out the race question. You don't have to do that. There is a box that says prefer not to say only because I'm tired of the boxes and the labels, you know, um, you know, if I absolutely have to answer it, I'll say white Hispanic. And there's a box that says white non-Hispanic, but, um, yeah, you know, I, in my upbringing, I had a lot of people who didn't believe me, <laughs> who did not believe me. And it was almost like I had to prove to them that I was Hispanic. And that's interesting because both of your parents are Hispanic and you grew up speaking Spanish fluently. Right. So, so my my mom is is very, you know, she's she's white and um, she has more of the Spaniard look in terms of um, having green hazel eyes. Uh, she was blonde when she was born. You know, my dad has more of the indigenous Taino roots in him so his skin is a little darker but he has these gorgeous you know uh, blue eyes as well and black hair and so um gosh I, I I also experienced some weird reverse 
I'll call it reverse racism in a, in a way, but I, I use that word with caution um, because I had you know, non-Hispanic friends growing up that were surprised when I told them I was Hispanic. Um, and then they would say, well, if you were any darker, I probably wouldn't have been your friend. And, you know, and obviously those friendships did not last, but it was just weird. It was so weird. And it was weird also trying to work professionally. So I used to work in television and I, at, there was one point where I did want a recording career and I, you know, I envisioned myself doing that, like in the contemporary Christian world, both in the Latin market as yeah. well as the American market. Um, and when I worked in television, I actually had the chance to do um, to go on a few work trips to help with production for some of our Latin uh, Christian music programming. And these were people I grew up listening to. You mm-hmm. know, I was so excited to be in that scene. And um, I remember even recording a few um, just promos for the network we were working for in Spanish. And when I was introduced to, to them from some of my colleagues, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the American girl who speaks Spanish for the network. And I was like, no, well, I, I actually am Puerto Rican. Yeah, yo soy, yo soy Hispana. And they look at me funny. In fact, I, now that I remember, there was one gentleman that looked just like me. He was just a taller, yeah. older version of me, except he had green eyes. And he would not believe me. He, he, would, he didn't believe at all that I was Puerto Rican or that I was Hispanic or Latina. And I was like, wow, I didn't have an accent in my Spanish either. Yeah, you you have a very weird, like if you were to listen to you, no one would think, oh, she must be Hispanic. Like, but that's not what it's about. No, Here's the thing. He was saying my Spanish had an accent like like that. I wasn't speaking fluently. Y déjame decirte que yo hablo el español perfectamente. (laughs) And so it was just really it was weird to receive what I perceive what I received at the moment is rejection mm-hmm. from people who are Latino as well that would not believe it's, it's like my American friends wouldn't believe me my Hispanic friends didn't believe me it was just so 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 weird and um but at the end of, I mean I know who I am you know mm-hmm. and, and and you know we talked about this in our first episode that you can go back and, and and listen to you know it's one of the things that attracted your dad to me just how much I loved my heritage and celebrated who I was and I didn't try to cover anything up and he embraced it obviously yeah, to this day he still calls himself Puerto Rican by marriage and and is so honored and proud and proud to raise our family and proud to raise you and your sister with um as much knowledge as possible you mm-hmm. know for you guys um to to be proud of who you are as well shout out to dad he just he loves he loves mommy's family and her like culture and everything. And I just think it's so awesome. Every once in a while, dad will use these very Hispanic exclamations. He'll be, he'll, he says, ay, 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 a lot. Like he'll be unloading the dishwasher and he'll be like, ay, ay, ay. And he calls me mi amor. He calls me Gabrielita. And I just think that that's so awesome that he loves you that much and he really accepts that. And he loves his pernit. (laughs) Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, ladies. So, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you. My heart's just beaming. You know, I'm like, okay, I did something right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And two, and this is just encouragement for you if you're listening. You know, if anyone's ever made you to feel less than you know Mm -hmm. um because for whatever reason you're not 
quote, Hispanic enough, end quote, in their mind. You just, you know, you don't have to anything to prove to anyone. You know, if you know where you're from, you can celebrate your family, you can celebrate your heritage, and you can keep these traditions alive um, in the most unique of ways, you mm-hmm. know, and and be and stay curious. That's my advice. Stay curious. Ask the questions. Look up the recipes. Go do the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, let's make a playlist, you know, of artists you haven't listened to before, you know, um, download Rosetta Stone you know learn the language mm-hmm. do whatever it is that you've been wanting to do that you've been holding off on um, and even if the, if you're a non-Hispanic person listening to this you know educate yourself as well yeah check your roots you know you're not just American because the thing about Americans is they came from we come from so many different places and that's why it's such a melting pot because really you could be from you know you could have lineage from this place and you didn't even know it you know i have a friend who didn't know that her mom was almost 90 percent greek until very recently so like it's just really cool to discover those things about yourself that's right. So if you want to learn more, uh, feel free to check out episode one. It's really our introductory podcast, but it's really at the heart of who we are um, as we talk about the things that we love the most. So thank you again for tuning in. Thank be you sh- so much. Be sure to leave us um, a comment and um, uh, follow us. Again, it helps people find us and you can check us out at Mama Podcast on Instagram. We'll see you next time. Bye. Adios.